Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. When we think we know what the answer already is, that limits possibilities, right? Because all we see is the answer we think we know. But creating new things, new solutions, new ideas, innovating, that happens outside of what we think we know. This is a key message from today's guest mentor, Sarah Elliott. But could this be a bit of a challenge for accountants and finance professionals? I mean, after all, aren't we meant to be experts, right? Well, Let's see how Sarah and I reconcile this on today's episode, where we also deconstruct together how to establish a coaching culture in finance, what a mastermind is and how it can help us, how to get out of the habit of telling stakeholders what to do, and some baby steps so we can ask better, more creative questions. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to check out the timestamp show notes, key quotes, resources and ways to connect with today's guest mentor at sitnshow.com. And we always appreciate any reviews, likes, comments on the show, whether at LinkedIn, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and we're even on Spotify now. So one big thing about this episode is that Sarah brings great energy, and I know you're really going to like that. So without further ado, over to Sarah and the show. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. It's wonderful to be here. Hey, look, uh, it's, it's wonderful to have you uh, on the show. And um, we got introduced through one of our previous guest mentors. So some of our audience may not be as familiar with your background. So, Sarah, would you mind taking a few moments to uh, give us a brief history of your journey in finance and accounting? Yeah, I'll try my best to make it brief. It's kind of a long and winding story. So I'm actually no longer in the practice of accounting and finance, but I do serve in this space. So my story is I started out in accounting right out of college. I was an auditor at PwC in Austin, Texas, which is actually where I live now. And so I had great opportunities at PwC, wonderful experience over 10 years. I spent two years at the national office there. I lived in New York and served as a consultant to the audit practice all over the U.S. So that was a lot of fun. And then I ended up moving back to Austin after my national rotation. And about six months later, I joined a growing mid-sized regional firm of about 120 professionals. And I came in at that firm as a director, uh, still in the audit practice, made partner in a couple of years. And um, I was the national audit partner in charge for the firm. So that was really fun and exciting. We had a growing firm. They really gave me so many opportunities to dig in and make a difference. Um, It it was just so fun. It felt very entrepreneurial. And I started working with a coach at this firm because the firm invested in a few of us to uh, coach on business development. And the amazing thing was this coach helped me with so much more than just business development, although that was great. (laughs) So that worked really well. But she also asked me important questions, um, important questions about what's important to me. What do I value? What are my strengths? How do I really want to make a difference? And honestly, Andrew, no one had asked me those questions before. And I hadn't really 
asked myself those questions. So I gave myself permission to play with them, to sit in that space, to see what came up. And at that same time, I started volunteering within the profession through the AICPA here in the U.S. and started realizing the real need for leadership development in the accounting and finance profession. We are such a technical profession, but we really need to develop our leaders and to face the challenges of the future. It's really our future leaders, right, that, that we need to develop in order to do that. So how can we create new possibilities together? So I saw that and I was starting to connect the dots about what lights me up as a human being, which is really seeing the potential in another person, believing in them, helping them cultivate that potential for themselves. And that's what I had really done throughout my entire career as an auditor. And I think that's what made me good at, at what I did back then. And so I was starting to connect the dots. Um, it was time for me to buy in as an equity partner at this firm. It was my second year as a partner. And at that time, I, I chose to take a leap of faith. I said, you know what, I, I can make a big difference at this firm and I can make an even bigger difference, I believe, in the profession if I leave and serve the profession. So that is what I do now. I met my amazing business partner, Brian Cush, who's also an accountant turned coach. <laughs> and in 2015, we connected, we created Intend to Lead so that we could expand our positive impact in this profession. And so we coach accountants to access what we call the dimension of possible through coaching, group learning, and leadership program design. We're essentially creating the leadership development programming, programming that we always wish we had. Mm. That's yeah, my story. Wish we always had, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I have to take a breath because it's such a long story, um, but really changed the course of my life. And, and coaching was really the start of that. So I'm very grateful. I mean, I mean, what a moment to make a decision. So you have the opportunity to become an equity partner in front of you. And then, in effect, I wouldn't say you've already gone to zero, but you went like nearly back to the beginning again, as essentially, you know, leading development programs and so on. I mean, how did how did that decision feel for any of our audience in a similar uh, nexus in their career? Um, it was exhilarating. It was exciting. It was also terrifying. I, I laugh looking back, Andrew, because I, I actually thought for some reason it would be a little easier than it has been. And so I think I was overconfident and I'm really grateful that I was. And I, I have a lot of people in my life who believe in me. And so they really helped me because when I took that leap of faith, by the way, um, I was the primary earner in my marriage at the time. So I was walking away from two thirds of our household income. We made that decision together. And I was five months pregnant with our first and only <laughs> child, who is now four and a half. So it was scary, right? Oh, and I went back to school for a year uh, to really learn about coaching and to get certified as a professional coach. That was important to me as well. So I, we actually went negative. <laughs> so I was investing mm, yeah. in school and a business and then bringing life into the world. And, you know, at times it was, have I lost my mind? But then at the same time, it was incredible because I was recreating my life on my own terms, all at the same time, right? As, as a mom, as a coach, as a business owner. So a lot of fun and, and scary too, and a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be. It still is, but it's fun too. Well, see, 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 that's it, you see, like I suppose, if you'd known how hard it would be, right, would, would you have done it? I mean, I'm just trying to think if I, you know, 
I suppose in in final, and I do want to get onto this. I think um, we're being asked to influence a lot more, influence our clients, influence say our business partners in corporations or in businesses uh, and organisations. And that, in a sense, is is uh, I think I read somewhere if you're influencing someone, you're in effect lead, a leader. You're leading them mm-hmm. as well. So I do do want to get onto that. But I think there's some some you've got some really great learnings in there that you could perhaps share with our audience in terms of. I mean, you went through a, a decision process there, Sarah. Like you know, like that despite all the negatives you still jumped in i mean if you could have taken on so many stressful events in one go you did it i mean it's like i'm here to tell the tale child yeah exactly here to tell the tale so you survived it so i mean what was the sort of the key things you did to ensure your survival and now i mean i know you're thriving i mean that bit we didn't cover in the story but you've gone from you know there surviving and thriving now so how did you do it oh i love this question how did i do it um there were a lot of things. One is I have an incredible support network around me. Like I mentioned earlier, I have people in my life, my husband, my parents, my sister, my family, friends who truly believe in me. And so, right, what that can do is there's nothing else like it. I also, though, I tapped into the power of a mastermind. So a mastermind is when you have people come together Um, to support one another in a safe, confidential space. And there were two women in my life who were still very near and dear to me who were starting up their own businesses at the same time. So the three of us would connect once a week and we would share with one another our journeys and we would set intentions for the next week ahead of us. And what's most important to us in our business and our life, because we're all just one human being. It's not like we compartmentalize those things. And so we had that space to share how it really was to share the tears and the disappointments and the struggles, right? Those moments when I'm on the bathroom floor crying because this isn't working out the way I thought it was, what did I do, right? They were there to remind me and also to normalize that experience. Because I think in this world, a lot of us wear these masks as though we have it all together and we know what's going on. And sometimes we're afraid to show vulnerability, but what is so powerful is that when we share that with another human being, it connects us in a special way and it normalizes what we're going through, right? Wow, I'm not the only one. And actually that's just part of starting a business. It's hard. (laughs) So let's talk about that and learn together so we can learn faster and better together and feel like we're not alone. Yeah, and I suppose going through that yourself and with, with those lessons, I think that that's quite powerful to get into the next bit. I love to steer a conversation sure. towards is, is us becoming more influencers, becoming more influential in finance and accounting. You know, you're supporting our profession in this way, but, but a lot of, a lot of I think, the, the better performing organizations, whether they're in practice or companies, are really much about driving a coaching culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Because... It's it's about helping businesses realize their potential, helping people around us realize the potential. If we're a leader, for instance, within within finance and accounting, I mean, where do we start with that, Sarah? Oh, where do we start with creating a coaching culture? So I, I want to be clear that there are many ways to start. So as in all coaching, there's no one right answer. There's just you need to <laughs> discover Damn your it. own answer, right? <laughs> I know. Sorry, I don't have the silver bullet, but coaching at its core. At its heart, what it is, is helping another human being discover their potential and helping them live into that. And we do that by providing a safe space for that person to explore, where we sit back and we're not telling, but we're listening and we're asking 
curious questions, right? We're trying to understand this other person's world and how they make meaning in the world. And when we can do that for another human being, right? They start to understand themselves better, what they want, what they want to create and contribute in the world, what lights them up. And then they can start to explore ways to bring that into the world, right? And, and we, we do that in baby steps. We experiment, we try some things. And so coaching provides the space to do that. So if you want to create a coaching culture at your organization, I think step one is to really understand what it is and to embrace that mindset. And of course, because I'm a believer in, in coaching and I am a coach, get coaching. Wow, get coaching. That's so powerful. I think to really understand what it is and to become a believer in it, you have to receive it. So be open to that. Be focused on your own personal growth. And then it creates space for you to help grow the people around you. So we work with organizations, um, any group learning that we do, training workshops, we will come in and, and we teach coaching skills as leadership skills. So how can we help our people become more resourceful? How can we help them connect with one another and collaborate and truly be a leader? And by the way, Andrew, I'm sure you know this, but to be a good leader, we have to be a good human being and we have to take care of ourselves first and come from a place of strength, work on ourselves, right? And that gives us the potential and the capacity to, to help others. So creating a coaching culture and, and through these training programs that we have, we're really teaching these basic coaching skills to empower everybody. And it's incredible what that ripple effect can do in an organization when it's done well, right? You have this, these positive ripples going out to the world. And it's, it's very exciting to see, right? How it transforms not just the organization, your team, but the community, the world around you. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, this, I, I, do th I do think, Sarah, like in finance, we have that position of strength. You know, we've got like access to data, we've access to decision makers, we've a broad visibility across a lot of organizations and clients, groupings. We've all, but we've also got the ability to peer into the details and deconstruct them and, and, and put them into something that makes business sense. So like we've already got a massive position of strength in accounting and finance. Now, there's some things that make me laugh. I'm smiling as I'm saying this is given all our technical training and our CPD and all of that, we very much want to show people how much we know sometimes. So we're very much into the telling mode. Yeah. So I guess it's a balancing act, right? So to make sure we utilize our position to strength, maybe let's tackle that one about the telling <laughs> too much and maybe shutting up a bit. <laughs> is um how can how can we is there any sort of techniques we can do just to shut up and listen and and, <laughs> and help others achieve their potential? I love that. Yeah, the message of this podcast is be a better leader by shutting up. Um no, <laughs> but but yeah. There we go, did it? So, so it, so it is tempting, right? Because when we're in accounting and finance, we are seen as experts and that is incredible and that is powerful and that is what people pay us for. Yes, great things. So we don't want to diminish that. But, but what I want to encourage your listeners um, to be open to is, wow, there's a lot of power in a question as well, just as much power in a question. And in fact, when we think we know what the answer already is, that limits possibilities, right? Because all we see is the answer we think we know. But creating new things, new solutions, new ideas, innovating, that happens outside of what we think we know. So I, I think to, 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 one, to, to realize that we have a temptation to have the answers and to give an answer. When someone asks, and I do it too, right? When someone asks me a question, I really just want to jump in and answer. So step one is notice that that's interesting. 
If I notice it, I can separate myself from that habitual response. I can create a little space and maybe I can take a deep breath and I can think, what might be another response? Hmm. Maybe I can pause. How can I listen? What's the right question to ask back? How can I create space to be curious instead of feeling like I have to tell or have all the answers. And it's, it's like anything else in our lives, right, Andrew? It's a habit. It's something we have to learn and practice and give ourselves grace. We're not going to be perfect every time. But just noticing our desire to jump in and answer is a very powerful first step. It creates that awareness. Yeah, I, I, again, that, that's why I was smiling about it. I just see so many... Um you know professionals out there in finance who are, are very curious but then they just can't resist that temptation to tell oh i know what the answer is you know i know i know so much i'm the expert but like it's just as you said you said sir it's um taking the pause stepping back creating the space and i loved i love what you said there is thinking what's the appropriate question to ask here maybe or or, or you know trying at least first is there a default way of maybe asking a question to this to to flesh it out and build a space um, so no, I, I love I love that, and I also like the point that you made um, around resourcefulness. How coaching helps that because um, you know if we've got resourcefulness, then then in theory we've probably never run out of resources, which is something music to our ears and finance and accounting and the people we support. So how does I mean how does coaching help with resourcefulness in your mind? Well, what a great question. So I I think when when we give someone the answers right away when we give in to that temptation to just tell someone else what to do. What happens is we're creating a dependence between the two of us. Because Andrew, if you ask me a question and I always answer it, you know, what are you gonna do when you have a problem, right? You're gonna come right to me. But if instead I can create space and, and ask you questions, like, okay, well, what's, what's really going on here, Andrew? What are you thinking about this situation? What do you think is really at the heart of the challenge? and we can peel back the layers together, wow, I've helped you expand your capacity to understand what the true problem is. I've helped you explore opportunities, ideas, and resources, right? I could ask you, well, Andrew, where might you look for that answer? Where could you research? Where could you explore to uncover what you need? And then you could go back and wow, now I get it. It's faster and easier sometimes in the moment if I just told you the answer, right? I get that. But that's not a sustainable long-term approach for your entire career. And I'm not doing you any favors, right? I want you to be successful. So how can I help you figure out your own answer? And by the way, when you figure out your own answer, guess what? That's yours. You own it. You're going to be accountable for it. You're probably a lot more likely to follow through and own the results versus if I told you, and hey, what if it didn't work out? Well, you can shirk that responsibility, right? So, so it's really empowering another person when you take that coaching approach, you create that resourcefulness, and then who knows what you can do going forward, right? It, en it enhances your capacity, your leadership capacity forever. So you get to carry that forward versus if I give you the answer, that's just a one, one and done deal, right? Oh, definitely. I, I, like, um, you know, I, it's, I hope um, I hope our audience they're engaging the, the the what we're known for in finance and accounting those rational logical brains because like that makes complete sense to me the way you described it there, Sarah. But so many of us probably don't do that. We succumb to maybe short term pressures, meeting deadlines, getting the reports out, closing the books, getting the audit complete, or whatever. So it's um, so like there's the temptations always there, but it comes back. I suppose it's just so that awareness you were sort of saying earlier. Um, 
And actually, you know, that is a challenge for us in, in finance when we're, we're guiding businesses. It's balancing short-term results with the long-term results. So, you know, that's something, if we can get ourselves right on that one, I think we're benefiting ourselves and, and our organizations we're supporting. Um, there's one other area I want to sort of push you on this one, and it's like I keep scratching my head on it. Like I know in a lot of businesses, they have leadership programs, and they tend to be more, just in my experience, more directed towards more senior members of of finance or organizations in general even though i suppose some organizations say people are our assets i suppose where you've you know and i would thought well why can't it apply to everyone because coaching is such a useful culture to have why, why wouldn't everyone have access to it or do it so you've probably seen sarah what's worked and what hasn't i mean how how can we get leaders or our, our finance leaders in particular to see the benefits of coaching and and uh, and adopt it or start adopting it anyway for for everyone to benefit great question so i think one way to get buy-in is to allow people to receive the benefits so i am a believer in if you want to create a coaching culture give the opportunity to your top levels of leadership to receive coaching to receive professional coaching then if if they receive it and they see, wow, look how much this impacted me. Look what a difference this made. I think that creates that buy-in and support and the realization of the power of it. I think a lot of times in accounting and finance, we want to see hard dollars and ROI, right? And exactly. yeah, and 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 coaching, they're sure I, I could point to ROI and, and I could work with you on how to come up with that equation and it, right, depending on what we're working on, what is this worth to you? If, if you create this change and what will it cost you if you don't, but I know that still feels kind of soft, but sometimes you just have to experience to see it and say, wow, what are all the results I got through this coaching, right? What are the things that I was able to accomplish and change at my organization, right? What dollars did I save and, and what new dollars did I create that weren't there? And just what impact am I having on the people around me, right? Some of our most expensive um, costs of doing business, it's people, right? So coaching helps with hiring, retention, um, engaging your people, right? Helping tap into the potential and, and how they can uniquely contribute as a human being. It is so powerful. So I would say first, allow people to receive the benefits, appreciate it. And then yes, everyone can benefit from coaching. Yeah, maybe you don't have the budget for every single person in your organization to receive professional coaching, but you know, there are other things you can do. You can bring in programming. You can bring in group learning programs. There's group coaching programs. Um, you can bring that coaching culture and that style of leading one another because we're all leading one another, right? We lead together, whether we're a formal leader or not. We can do that in our day-to-day. -day. So there are a lot of ways to do it. Some great ideas, Sarah. Thank you so much for sharing those. And you've been giving us great advice. I mean, what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received? Oh, the best. Okay, so I'm going to disqualify it by saying, you know, who knows? In any given moment, here's what comes up for me. Um, just let's not take things so seriously. <laughs> Sometimes we take life so seriously and our job and our business so seriously. And I think we limit ourselves and our possibilities and we just forget why we do it. And it's not so fun anymore. So have more fun. Yeah, have more fun. Yeah, definitely subscribe to that one. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks, thanks, Sarah. And uh, look, um, you know, I suppose in terms of if our audience uh, was to check out any resources, I mean, what have there been any resources you found useful that have helped you in your career that you maybe share with our audience? I love the book 
The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It is a favorite of mine. I've read it. I've reread it several times. It's such a neat book because it expands your view of the world. It helps you understand that more is possible for you and, and what you're really meant to do. And it also helps you identify, wow, how might I be limiting myself? So a great read. Love it. Yeah, I, that's that's an interesting one. How might we be limiting ourselves? Um, I mean, you know, we've so we've got a great position of strength in finance and accounting. Would there be any um, sort of blind spots? Just just thinking on off the top of our heads, there is there any blind spots that we could start working with straight away in finance and accounting to stop limiting ourselves? Oh, one is something we've talked about: thinking we have all the answers. When we think we have mm. all the answers, the learning is done. There's no opportunity to learn or grow. So yeah, let's yeah. be open to possibility and open to learning something new. Yeah, I, I'm going to butcher, butcher Mark Twain saying there. I think it's something along the lines of uh, when I know when someone knows, think they know everything. They're the ones that are truly don't truly don't know anything at all. Mm-hmm. Someone can correct me on that one, but uh-huh. there's a Mark Twain saying along those lines. Yeah, so, we uh, can Google it really after great this. Point there. <laughs> no, no, you made a great point. So uh, I, I want to sort of say it was a great one. But uh, and I suppose if our audience wish to continue the conversation, um, how is the best way to connect with you at? So our website is intend, I-N-T-E-N-D, the number two lead.com. We have a monthly newsletter that we send out with free resources, ideas, a newsletter that we write each month with love to our audience. So it's a great way to stay connected, stay in touch and take advantage of some free goodies on leadership and coaching. Ah, sounds awesome. So I will put those those links and uh, notes and again with our show notes. So um, Sarah, I really appreciate investing the time with us. But before we sort of part, would you maybe have any final thoughts to share with our audience? Believe in possibilities for you as a human being. I think what I see in this profession is so many of us care so much about serving the people around us. Please don't forget you. You are the most important person in your life and for you to make a difference in the world and contribute in the way that only you can, you've got to take care of yourself. So take care of yourself and believe in in more possibilities for you. That's that's an awesome way of signing off there, Sarah. So look, uh, thank you so much for giving us a fascinating insight into your, your, your journey. I mean, what a leap. I mean, you talk about the book there, The Big Leap. You made one yourself. Um, must have been extremely scary, frightening, exciting, exhilarating. But thanks for sharing how you, you managed to, to turn that sort of negative situation into a very positive one, you know, and just, just not only survive, but thrive. And some great advice as well for us in finance and accounting, particularly with installing a coaching culture. So, uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, Andrew. It's been so much fun. I appreciate the opportunity to connect and share. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me 
I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really, it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. And when all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.